0: Thank you. So it's a pleasure being here once again. And uh, last week we spoke on the 12th foundational pillar of civilization, and that was the end of that segment. And today I would like to reintroduce, as I had some previous segments that spoke on the seventh day Sabbath. So today I would like to speak about the destiny of Israel is inextricably linked to its Sabbath. And the question at hand which will be answered today is, why was the seventh-day Sabbath not given to the New Testament church as an ordinance to be kept? Now, it's just a recap, some might say, or a continuation from previous segments that I have all scriptures will be read from the king james version bible so persons can use that bible if it's in position or you can also search online and utilize the online version so the segments today will be short and i'll start now the question on the review is Why was the Seventh-day Sabbath sign not given to the New Testament church as an ordinance to be kept? In order to deal adequately with this question, it is absolutely necessary for me to highlight from the onset the importance of the Seventh-day Sabbath to the children of Israel. Accordingly, we know for a fact That apart from being a memorial commemorative of Israel's deliverance from Egyptian bondage, as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, the seven-day Sabbath was primarily given to the children of Israel to foreshadow a future rest and inheritance, a rest that would only be a reality when they accept their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now, since God knew that national Israel would only accept its Messiah in the 7th millennium from Adam's creation, He purposely gave them the 7th day Sabbath commandment to foreshadow and to keep alive their hope of that 7th day rest, which would last for 1,000 years. So this fact can be verified by comparing Exodus chapter 31 verses 16 to 17, with Isaiah chapter 14 verses 3 and 7 and Revelation chapter 3 verse 4, focusing on the last clause particularly. Now, to prove that national Israel would only experience true rest during the seventh millennium from Adam's creation, we need only to turn to a portion of Hosea's prophecy, which reads, Accordingly, For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion, and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away, and none shall rescue him. I will go and return to my place, till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. So that's Hosea chapter 5 verses 14 to 15 the prophecy continues which says in chapter 1 and, in which says in Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 to 2 come and let us return unto the Lord for he hath torn and he will heal us he hath smitten and he will bind us up after two days will he revive us in the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. So I just read from Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. According to this prophecy, at what time would Christ revive national Israel? That's the question. Now, what I will do, I will let the Bible answer that question for itself. And the answer is, after two days which we just read in Hosea chapter 6 verse 2 another question and in which day shall national Israel actually live in Christ's sight so again I will allow the Bible to answer that question and the Bible answer is in the third day so that's Hosea chapter 6 verse 2 now time alone has proven that the two days of Hosea chapter 6 verse 2 could not be weekly days, neither could they be year days. The only other Bible oriented time factor that befits these two days are millennial or thousand years days, as we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, and 2nd Peter chapter 3, verse 8. From this final deduction, therefore, we know that the two days of Hosea chapter 6, verse 2 are each of a thousand years duration and the third day must therefore last for 1,000 years. Brethren, since Jesus Christ came to this planet in the fourth day or fourth millennium from Adam's creation, the third day from the time he went back to heaven must coincide with the seventh day or seventh millennium from Adam's creation. Then too, Exodus chapter 31 verses 16 to 17 states, emphatically, that the seventh-day Sabbath is a covenantal sign between God and the children of Israel, which is specifically given to them to foreshadow that seventh millennial day's rest, which they would only enjoy in Christ's presence. This being the case, brethren, The importance of the seven-day Sabbath to the children of Israel has been evidently established and can never be overemphasized at all. By now, any casual or beginner, young, you know, now starting off in the word of the Lord, doubtlessly would have come to the conclusion that, israel's destiny is inextricably linked to its sabbath and this fact is undoubtedly established in the pages of the holy bible now since the church of jesus christ and national israel are separate entities it follows therefore that what is of great significance to judaism the religion of national israel may not necessarily or automatically be of any importance to christ's new testament church at all a case in point is fleshly circumcision for though its importance to israel is well established it has no significance for the church of christ today moreover since the new testament church was never enslaved in egypt it is obvious that the seventh day sabbath as a memorial Has no significance to it whatsoever. So, this fact, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, surely confirms. Therefore, by simply considering the God ordained purposes for which the Sabbath was given, we may justifiably conclude that the seven day Sabbath could not have been given to the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ, since it has no relevance whatsoever as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. Moreover, because we are beneficiaries of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises, as we read in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, we share joint heirship with Christ. Now, because of this higher calling and superior inheritance, Christ has given to us a far better and a superior spiritual witness, not the natural earthly witness of the seventh day Sabbath sign, but he has instead given us the divine indwelling witness of his Holy Spirit as Romans chapter 8 verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5, 1 John chapter 5 verse 10, or as Isaiah chapter 28 verses 11 to 12 prophetically. Indicates on the question of the church superior calling, Saint Paul writing to the church in Galatia highlights this fact of the inward witness in the following text, and it reads like this And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba Father. So that's Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. And to the church at Rome he also wrote the following. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together as we read in Romans chapter 8 verses 15 to 17. So on this question of the superior inward witness, the apostle John wrote the following. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar. So that's 1 John chapter 5 verse 10. And time scenes by comparing judaism and christianity with their respective callings natures and inheritances it can be easily seen that whereas israel was given a natural sign even the seventh day sabbath sign to keep alive its hope of a future rest and inheritance as exodus chapter 31 verse 16 to 17 Colossians chapter 2 verses 16 to 17 states, the New Testament church of Jesus Christ with its heavenly calling, divine nature and universal inheritance was never given the Jewish Sabbath sign as a witness at all. Instead, God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts as the witness of our heavenly rest and inheritance as Romans chapter 8 verse 9 Romans chapter 8 verse 15 to 17 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 5 Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 1 John chapter 4 verse 13 and first john chapter 5 verse 10 as i stated prior so brethren is surely enough those scriptures that i just shared with you to convince any honest seeker of truth that there is no doctrinal reason for a true believer in jesus christ to attempt to observe the jewish sabbath sign in this dispensation of grace Nevertheless, for the sake of the Sabbath-keeping, friends, and all sects of the Sabbath-keeping, I shall, by God's grace, tender a few more concrete doctrinal reasons why the seventh-day Sabbath sign was not given to the New Testament Church of Jesus Christ as an ordinance to be kept. So Christian brethren and Sabbath-keeping friends, all Sabbath-keeping friends, we all know that during Jesus' earthly ministry, he dealt with numerous doctrinal issues. In those discourses, he dealt with all aspects of the law. On this point, we are all agreeing, right? And I am assuming that we are all agreeing so now is it not be wild and really strange that he never, never once instructed anyone to keep the Sabbath. Take for example, his sermon on the mount in which he dealt with all aspects of the law as we read in Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 through Matthew chapter 7 verse 29. Yet he was totally silent about the sabbath question now what i'm going to ask and the question goes like this why did he not say something about this so important subject that is my question now let us consider another session another teaching session where jesus was specifically asked which commandments were necessary for eternal life. And that can be followed or read in Matthew chapter 19 verse 18. And in reply, Jesus detailed those commandments which he deemed necessary for entry into life. Yet, he left out the Sabbath commandments. Now my question is, Why did Jesus not include this important Sabbath commandment in his list of commandments, which are necessary for entry into life? Brethren, please notice that Jesus even included a commandment which was not one of the Ten Commandments. That is, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So that's Matthew chapter 19, verse 19 which was already given in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and yet he left out the Sabbath commandment. Now, another question that I have, why then did Jesus omit the Sabbath commandment from this all-important list? So, brethren, the answer to this question is surely a simple one. The Sabbath commandments being in the first instance a memorial of Israel's deliverance from Egyptian bondage as we read in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 15. In addition to being a foreshadowing sign of a future rest and inheritance, which Israel, not the church, shall enjoy during the seventh millennium from Adam's creation, was evidently not necessary in Jesus' day and is surely not necessary today for entry into eternal life remember my dear sabbath keeping friends that this is jesus conclusion and jesus also said in john chapter 7 through 16 my doctrine is not mine but his that sent me so moreover concerning the authenticity of jesus strange teachings he said the following For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which has sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So that's John chapter 12, verses 49 to 50. So from Jesus' statements, That I just read from John chapter 12 verses 49 to 50. Therefore, we are absolutely sure that the reply which Jesus gave his inquirer in Matthew chapter 19 verse 18. Concerning which commandments were necessary for entry into life. Is God's final answer also. And not man's. This must be the conclusion of any honest seeker of the truth. Who reads John chapter seven verse sixteen, John chapter John chapter twelve verses forty nine to fifty. Now, if according to the conclusion of Jesus the Son and God the Father, Sabbath keeping was not necessary for entry into life everlasting, as far back as two thousand years ago, would it now be necessary for entry into? or for the maintenance of eternal life today that's my question and the answer to that question is no not at all it could never be now this position is supported by the apostle paul the god ordained teacher and apostle to the gentiles so one can read romans chapter 11 verse 13 first timothy chapter 2 verse 7 second timothy chapter 1 verse 11 Accordingly, the book of Galatians is instructive indeed. For in chapter 4, the apostle Paul is emphatic that observance of days and months and times and years in this dispensation of grace represented a departure from the faith and was also an indication to him that his labors were in vain. So that's Galatians chapter 4 verses 9 to 11. As a consequence of what is shared prior, the apostle declared that he had to travel again in birth until Christ was formed in those Galatian saints who were thus bewitched. So that's Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. Moreover, on this same theme of their observance in this dispensation of grace, He told the Colossians that Sabbath keeping along with ordinances such as new moon observance or laws which regulated one's eating habits were nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. For confirmation, read Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 and verse 16. This he said was so done in order to remove the racial distinctiveness that was described prior as ordinances, which were peculiarly Jewish, which would have caused if they were incorporated into the doctrines of the New Testament church. So this fact can be read in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 11 to 12 and verses 14 to 16, which clearly indicates so. Therefore, in order to ensure that the new creature. Which we can confirm by reading 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 was a new Christian indeed, and not just a reformed Jew. Jesus deliberately took the action we find recorded in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. And in so doing, he freed every New Testament believer from any Sabbath keeping obligation in this dispensation of grace as ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16 colossians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16 states also read for yourselves romans chapter 14 verses 5 to 6 or galatians chapter 4 verses 9 to 13 and be fully convinced that the doctrine of sabbath keeping has no place whatsoever in the doctrines of the church in this dispensation of grace so to all my sabbath keeping friends if the sabbath were as important as you would like us to believe why did not the apostle peter john nor jude the lord's brother once mention the word sabbath in any of their epistles to the church. That is my question to the Sabbath keeping friends. And is there not a valid reason for there not having written a single instruction about a subject that is so foundational to all Sabbath-keeping sex? There must be a valid reason for there being no mention of the word Sabbath in the epistles that I just mentioned. Right? which are called the apostles. So as I come to an end of this segment today, undoubtedly, the reason for this Sabbath blackout can be easily explained by the fact that the Sabbath sign is peculiarly Jewish and definitely not N-O-T, not a doctrine of the New Testament church of Jesus Christ in this dispensation of grace so this is certainly so since the sabbath was part of the middle wall of partition that jesus christ broke down in order that the new man which is being created in christ jesus would not be a reformed jew so this fact i repeat is clearly established in ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 to 16, and Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 16. Right? But later on in my segments, I will give more detailed explanation of what constitutes the middle wall of partition as we will read, or for those who have read, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. Right, so that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again. So brethren, Jesus Christ will be returning and he will be returning soon. Please prepare yourselves for his return. Spend time reading the word on a daily basis to strengthen yourselves for what is ahead for us. Have a safe and productive week remember jesus christ loves you i love you bless brethren